How's it going, Yamitators? Episode 79 with Nate Fernald. It was awesome. We talked about stand-up. We talked about when he was on Louie. We talked about when he was uh, working on the Pete Holmes show. We talked about D&D. We got, we got into it. We even got into a little HTML for you, uh, for you web, web users out there. <laughs> um, okay. Go to facebook.com slash Yamatat with Doug Culp. Go to iTunes and Stitcher, whatever you're listening to this on, pause it right now, you know? Just pause it and then just go, you know what? If, uh, I do, re- I really do like this show. And then go go review it, rate it and stuff. Uh, get get the word out there. I also finished uh, fixing the picture problem. So now my picture shows up for the album art for the podcast now. So it's great. <coughs> Duplex Comedy Suplex has been going amazing. There wasn't one yesterday because I'm at Comic-Con. Um, but on July 16th, we got Asif Ali, Lindsay Adams, Danny LaBelle, and Nat Baymel. So come out to that. My Twitter is at Dougathan, D-O-U-G-A-T-H-A-N, and the show's Twitter is at Yamatat, Y-A-M-A-T-A-T. There are two donate buttons on my website, yamatat.com. There's the PayPal button on the top that's for the united states and there's the one down below it that's for australia um if any of you guys feel inclined to um just donate to the podcast that would be amazing i would uh be eternally grateful um and the yamazon link is down down <coughs> it's down because yam amazon was like you advertised that you would get money and i was like whatever um, and the Audible link is still up, so if you guys click on that, get the free, um, the free trial, uh, then that'll help the podcast out, too. Okay, um, uh, enough rambling. Now, yam it up with me and Nate Fernald. I found it for 650 bucks. Wow. That's yeah. very good. Yeah, because people sell those for, like, upwards of two grand. Yeah. But the Yamaha I've had for a few years now. I remember I always wanted to get a a Moog synthesizer when I was in high school. They're so expensive. And, but at the time they were going for like three hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. But then there was that like resurgence and it was just like, oh, I wish I got in when it was like, when the getting was good. Yeah, yeah. When like <laughs> when electric was still cool, or uh, or not as cool. When people were like electric music, that's yeah. gonna go away. Um, but ugh, I wish wish I got one. <laughs> yeah. So you play keyboard? I do. I don't play nearly as much as I used to. I used to play a lot in high school, and yeah. now I like I dust off mine like three times a year. But yep. Yeah, I used to play a lot more music too, but I'm just like, I can be on the side. I know. For now. I always have this like fantasy where I'm like, one day I'll like have like a steady comedy job, you know, and then then I can get back into music as like a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But until then. So. Until then, it'll be dusty. Yeah. Like, Except just, for those three times a year. Yeah. I've always just got the constant guilt where it's like, no, should be should be writing right now, can't be. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Oh, cool.
So how long have you been doing comedy altogether? Um, do you... Let's see. I guess I, I mean, I started in college, like, did join, like, an improv group in college. Mm -hmm. And then... You did join an improv group? Yeah. What was the name? Uh, actually, I didn't get in. That's the thing. Oh. I didn't get into Mission Improbable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Mission Improbable. I'm shutting this window for the birds. And... Oh, where are we already going? Yeah. Oh, wow. What a, that was smooth. <laughs> I had no right. idea. I was like, all right, when are we going to start? Um, yeah, it was called Mission Improbable. I, I did not get in. Um, was there an apostrophe after improv? Uh, no, it was actually, they had, like, the Mission Impossible logo. Okay. But it was, like, Mission Improbable. <laughs> um, I'm sure they're the first. <laughs> and they were great. I remember, like, I would watch them every single weekend mm -hmm. and be like, oh, man, these guys are awesome. Someday. That's why you wanted to be in the group. Yeah. Uh, what, was the tri in. what was the tryout like? Um, it was just, there's a ton of people. And it was just like, yeah, you would just do, like, it was all short form improv. So it was just like, yeah. you would just do, like, an improv scene and stuff like that. And uh, didn't get in. Um, I also did not get into casual sketch. <laughs> the sketch comedy group. Casual sketch. That's <laughs> good. And then me and my friend Pat started a two-man comedy act yeah. on our own, and we ended up like opening for all those groups. Um, and then what was that group called? We were called the Poetry Dudes. <laughs> uh, yep. And we. Basically, we would wear cut-off jean shorts, uh, <laughs> aviator sunglasses, yep. tank tops that said 100% tood, and we wrote these silly poems, mm -hmm. and we would perform on comedy shows as the dramatic relief. And if, if people laughed at our poetry, we would pelt them with Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> Oh, and we, we wore relief. fanny packs. We wore fanny packs. We kept all our mm -hmm. Jolly Ranchers poems in the fanny packs, <laughs> which we called lumbar satchels. <laughs> so that was my first uh, foray into comedy. Oh, that had to have been a fun experiment. It was great. It's, uh, we, I, I only this was at UMass Amherst, and I was only there for two years before I moved to Chicago. Yeah. Um, but we, we performed pretty regularly for those two years. And then after I moved to Chicago, I would still like fly back once a year for a reunion. Show. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> the poetry boys. Uh, dudes. Dudes. The dudes. poetry dudes. Um, <laughs> also that said, aside my last year at, when I was at UMass, um, casual sketch broke up. Oh. They dissolved because most of their key members graduated. Mm. Uh, so me and some friends started a new college campus sketch comedy group. Sketch 22. <laughs> so. Yep. And, oh, and we loved the name. <laughs> like, we were very, this was, like, before the days of internet searching. Yeah. And it's funny, like, years later, I typed in Sketch 22 into Google, and there's, like, 40 college sketch groups named Sketch 22. Mm -hmm. But But we thought we were very clever you knew about it without the google yeah without the search engine help yeah. that's good so, well and i think sketch 22 is actually still going 
Yeah. I think it's still a group at UMass. <laughs> every year, there's you know people cycling in and yeah, out. That's yeah. cool. I know Mission Improbable is still going there. <laughs> like that's like an institution. Um, and I'm pretty sure Sketch Twenty Two is still is still going on. That's awesome. So. It's cool to be able to look back at those old things and be like, they're still going. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. <laughs> um, so you wait. So you're doing comedy for your job now right? yes yes right. um but it's still like it's still like a, a bit of a rat race you know like like a, it's it's how i'm paying my bills and making a living but it's yeah. not like i can't relax at night and be like okay yeah. next job will come come tomorrow you know, it's like, still still like oh god where's the next paycheck coming from? So, you're still um, tentative you're still yeah on alert yeah which is good so, yeah, but, like, you know, once I get to the point where it's, like, okay, then, like, you know, I, I know the next job is around the corner, then I'll, then I'll get back into playing music. Yeah. But, yeah. but until then, it's, it's just constantly worrying. <laughs> well, I know you told me uh, already what it was like to be on Louie, but will you talk about it? Oh, yeah. Um, it was it was great. It was, um, uh, the process all happened really fast, like, between auditioning and actually filming the part, I think, like, less than a week went by or something. Wow. It was, like, like, I think I auditioned on, like, a Wednesday, and then the following Saturday, they were, like, whole, keep Tuesday open, they're interested in you, oh. and then Sunday, they were, like, okay, it's official, you got it. Monday night at, like, 8, they sent me the script, and then Tuesday morning, I had to be on set. Wow. So, Monday night to Tuesday. Yeah. Ooh. So it was. Uh, were, were they like stick to the or were they like did they let you like embellish a little bit? I I stuck to the script because this was like. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, and you know, and I just wasn't like comfortable enough, you know. Yeah. Like it's not like I was like a guy they brought in like mm-hmm. like Louis like oh I'm bringing in my buddy Nate Fernald to <laughs> to do this this part. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just you know I just wanted to like stick to the script. Yeah do my job the best I could and um and then there was the part where I was on stage like I would say the lines and if they didn't say cut I would just keep going with my own stuff oh okay um (laughs) and then then they'd cut eventually uh, (laughs) so none of that made it uh but yeah it was great it was really fun it was like it was super fast paced like so there was i think i had like four scenes or something like that yeah and i think in my head you know you know i had all my lines but i was like still i I wanted to look at them more so i was like well i got the first scene down and then after that first scene i'll review my lines for the next scene but they would finish the first scene and then just be like okay come over here like they don't do a ton of setup like they just have like good lenses that can adjust to lighting and they don't like you know yeah. reset the lights so that like it was just like yeah he knows like, his shit yeah. he knows all of that stuff it was right into the next scene i was like oh god <laughs> but, but I, I had it down to enough so it was good yeah. um and then mm, and the real exciting part was i guess this might be kind of a spoiler for the episode mm-hmm. so if you haven't watched episode two of the current season of louie then pause or skip ahead or something yeah season five yeah yeah so my character in the episode ends up doing the tonight show yeah so we went to a 
actual Tonight Show taping, mm -hmm. and like they held the audience after their taping was done, and then Louis went out and like explained, like, oh, we're gonna tape the thing for my show real quick, and then like, <laughs> and then we did it, and that was awesome because that was like, you know, granted, I was I was doing purposely it was it's bad material. Yeah. And the joke is that it's bad, yeah. but people are loving it, <laughs> and. So he went out ahead of time as like, you know, everyone just laugh as hard as you can at everything he says. And then, so I got to like technically do the Tonight Show already. And, uh, and people laughing, even though like they're supposed, like supposed to, feels just as good as like earning a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there should be a service where you just pay like 20 bucks, you go in front of an audience you just say whatever they want, and they just laugh and clap for you. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, it felt so good. It's like, it kind of made me bummed out about stand-up in general, because it's like, it's like, ooh, I have to, like, you know, I got to write good jokes to make people laugh, and that's, you know, that's where the accomplishment comes from, but it's yeah. like, nope, it just comes from people applauding you. Like, it's, it's, it's not creative satisfaction. It's just people telling you you're great. That's it. It's all empty. All <laughs> yeah. empty satisfaction. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a shallow human being. <laughs> I'm not an artist. <laughs> We're all narcissists and we just want people uh, to yeah. love us. And that was just proof that like, okay, that's why, that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> to make myself feel good. I'm not trying to like change the world or anything. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's one of your favorite parts about doing stand-up? Wait, um, before you answer that one, yeah. uh, what are some, because <laughs> I usually save that one for the, for the, the kicker, okay. that's, uh, what's your, or what are some comedy goals that you have that you like haven't done yet, but you'd like to, I would love to do my own stand up on television. I've done like, yeah. I've done fake stand up on television <laughs> multiple times now between the the Louie thing and then and the, nice boy, nice boy telling tells nice, nice jokes. jokes. Like, <laughs> But Nate Perl himself has never actually done stand-up on television, so that's like, I'd love to get maybe one more fake stand-up under my belt, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, but, but real stand-up, that would be a, yeah. be a goal. Half hour, hour, uh, three hour? I'd like to start small and maybe do like a five-minute set on like a Comedy Central show or something. <laughs> Um, you know, before going straight to half hour. Yeah. But. Oh, uh, Adam Devine's Divine's house party. That's one where they do stand up, right? Yeah. 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 So. They're like, get five minutes and we'll. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd love. I'd love to do that. So. Yeah. So did you hear that, Adam Devine? Adam. <laughs> Adam. Uh, Adam. Don't worry, Adam. I know it's pronounced Divine. So. <laughs> I'm cool. You can put me on your show. And I knew that too. I was just doing that for the listeners who weren't <laughs> sure, you know. Um, and yeah, or like you know, a late night spot wherever will have me. Yeah, of course. Like I guess Conan's the ultimate goal for me. Yeah, like, that'd be that's, awesome. That's like I would. I was raised watching Conan. So. Same, same here. Um. Oh yeah. So favorite part about uh, doing doing Let's comedy. See. Um. I guess just people laughing at me and telling me I'm gr I'm great. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the best part. Um, it's a good part. Yep, one hundred percent. That's uh, that's yeah, that's all I like. The, 
I mean, it's it's pretty stressful career wise, but uh, yeah. But yeah, when people mm-hmm. applied for you, that's um, yeah, feels real good. <laughs> it's, it's the best. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know what other what the other comedians say when you ask them that, but, um, but that should be everyone's answer. <laughs> Yeah, there's been there's been a few different answers, but that's a that's a good one. It's a really good one because it's it's a you're going out there, you're saying something maybe new. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, instant validation, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when a new joke works, that's like, that's probably the best. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you're like, I haven't said this out loud before, but here you go. Yeah. And then they're like. Yes, more of that. And then it, and then after that one time, you get confident in it, and then it stops working yeah. after that. But, but that one time, that one time is great. And you're like, I'm pretty sure it worked that one time. I'm gonna try it again. <laughs> um, so what was it like working on Pete Holmes show? Oh, that was great. It was um, uh, the writing staff. My favorite part was like the the writing staff were just all such great folks yeah and just getting to hang out with them every day and like be silly was awesome and like we're all still good pals we're all, we're all going to get pizza later today yeah um we still we still hang out all the time that's awesome uh we got a, a text message thread we always have going and it's, uh, <laughs> it's been going for like over a year <laughs> that's it's, awesome uh, yeah it's great so i mean that was that that was the best part it's just like meeting all those people and getting to hang out with them every day yeah. um uh but then like the working on a show like that where you're taping a show multiple times a day yeah yeah we did three a day Uh, so just like the fast turnaround is really exciting like writing something and then seeing it on its feet like that day or the next day that's great whereas you know other things you write on you write your stuff you send it in and then production happens for a couple months and like a few months later maybe you'll see it maybe Mm -hmm. it's what you want it to be it's Mm -hmm. like but yeah, just to like get something up on his feet so quickly was like really exciting. Like there was actually one really fun night where I can barely remember what the bit was. It was something where it was like Pete getting voicemails from Ryan Gosling or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just we were just kind of like joking about it after the it was like the tapings on like it. It was like the day before taping. We we're just kind of joking about it, and we we're like, and Pete was like. Let's put that in the show tomorrow. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so we like stayed, not crazy late. Like, we stayed till like nine or something, yeah. just writing these <coughs> Ryan Gosling voicemails. Hey and then, Pete, like, it's me. <laughs> yeah. then, Ryan uh, Gosling. And then the guy Dan Black, who was doing the Ryan Gosling voice, oh, okay. um, he was in New York, so we would have to like send him his scripts, and he would record them and send it back to us. And then like it was on the show the next day. The and next, like, oh, yeah. that's awesome. And that was like. That was really exciting because just like oh, just this dumb thing we we're joking about yeah. is now. So he hadn't heard them before. He just heard that it was a funny bit that you guys thought of, or oh, it was it was something that he was talking about, like oh, because okay. he he's like a big Ryan Gosling fan. Yeah, so I don't even remember how it came up, like, and I was only like peripherally involved in it. He was probably just, just like, hey, have you guys seen Drive? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like right after Drive came up, so it was like prime Drive time, and so he. And, and I remember, like, it was just people talking, and then, and then, uh, Jamie Lee was like, oh, my boyfriend Dan does a great Brian Gosling impression, and they were like, and then it just, like, all 
spiraled from there. Came together, and then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then, it was, <laughs> then it was a thing on television. <laughs> it was immortalized forever. That's awesome. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was great. It was, and that was just like a, it was, it was also fun because, I don't know, just like starting a new show like that and like trying to figure out what it is. It's yeah. like kind of anything is game and, you know. It was such yeah. a good show. I was so mad when I went off the air. I know, I was really, I did Pete's podcast a little while ago and we were talking about like, uh, just how, how we were excited for season three because it was like, by the end of season two, we had all run out of ideas. So it was like, <laughs> oh, that's when it's going to get really exciting. It's like seeing what... Because we had zero idea yeah, this time. Because, yeah. like, you know, most of the first season and a lot of the second season was just, like, you know, uh, Pete just being like, hey, here's, like, everything I've ever come up with. Like, yeah. I find we have a, an outlet for all these things. Yeah. And then it's like... And then, that was like, the end of season two is really fun because that was when, like, you know, he kind of reached the bottom of his... Not well, or like his, you know, his yeah. his notebooks. He'd gone through yeah. all of them, and then it's like, so that's what things like the Ryan Gosling thing were happening, <laughs> and then that's when Nice Boy happened, yeah. um, and Dan Pine <coughs> did that really funny bit where he was like the 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 food reviewer guy, yeah. Um, and then so yeah, so it's like, oh, if there's a season three, things would have got real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we're just really crazy, like. We're gonna try this now. <laughs> the, well, uh, there is one bit that I pitched probably once a day <laughs> the entire time I was there, mm-hmm. and they kept saying no, but I think towards the end I started to break people down a little bit, <laughs> and I think had there been a season three, this bit would have got, got on. Um, it was just, people would be doing an interview, people would be interviewing one of the you know, the guests, yeah. and then I'd come out in the middle of the interview and be like, hey guys, I uh, just want to say great interview, um, you know, it's a lot of great stuff here, I really like where it's going. Real quick though, y'all like Shrek? <laughs> would either say yes, they like Shrek, or no, they don't like Shrek, or maybe they haven't seen it, and, and go, then you walk up. Cool, thanks. And then I'd leave in the interview. <laughs> we'll continue. I bet some of the guests would have been totally down for that. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I pitched that to, to the point where <coughs> me pitching it was to joke it itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, where uh, you'd be like, I got something. They'd be like, is that the thing with Shrek? Uh, <laughs> and then, well, then I kept doing it. So, like, I would go into the producer's office and be like, um, hey, uh, before taping day, I just want to check in. I know we got, we have to do this thing at two and then this thing at three, but I just wanted to check real quick. Y'all like Shrek? <laughs> and then... And even and people still never saw it coming. Like, to be honest, they still never ever saw it coming, and we're still caught off guard every time. <laughs> and they're like, "Yes, of course." Uh, but you know the the fabled season three of Pete Holmes show would have y'all like Shrek would have uh, would have made it on. Y'all like Shrek. There'd probably be some graphic too. And then Y'all I like mean, Shrek, and then just a big picture of Shrek. In the my middle. dream would be like it starts off small, but then like as the show becomes more known, Y'all the audience like does Shrek. a bit like, like I'd Shrek. come out and people would just start cheering right away, yeah. like they'd know it was coming. They'd be like, "Hey guys, you!" and they'd just be dead silent, waiting for me to be like, "Y'all like Shrek?" The guests would get up and shake my hand and be like, "Thank you so much for having me." <laughs> It'd be like the. Um, I didn't do it, boy, with Bart. 
Bart Simpson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, well, Bart, don't you have something to say? That would be my, my get her done. <laughs> I've always wanted, I don't know if he's done this, but I really hope that someday, if he hasn't already, Larry the Cable Guy does a show where he never says get her done the entire show. Yeah. And he's like, thanks, everyone. Have a great night. Thanks so much for coming. And he leaves stage, and you just hear the audience murmuring, mm-hmm. like, he never said and then he just runs back on stage by the way get her done and then the place just like people just start murdering each other we didn't know they were jokes until now (laughs) Ah. Uh, having the the catchphrase and withholding it is that's that's the best comedy there is I think it's the best way because you keep them on the edge of their toes and Keep the audience guessing. Yeah. <laughs> For the nice boy says nice jokes. Um, did did so they the jokes were written and then did you improv like the telling off Pete after that? Uh no, actually it was some of it was a little improvised because basically Pete didn't want to know any anything I was gonna say to him beforehand. Yeah, I I got that feeling because uh, like he wanted to be able to react genuinely to it. Yeah. So. Actually, me and Joe DeRosa teamed up for that bit. So mm-hmm. basically, I would write most of the, like, childish nice boy jokes. Yeah. And then he would write the, like, vile, horrible things that I would say to Pete. Um, and then, but, you know, like, Pete wasn't on a script or anything. So, like, if oh, he would yeah. go off book, then I would uh, improvise have, that. To, have to improvise. Yeah. Um, when you brought the bottle and just threw it at him, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "You brought a bottle." <laughs> <laughs> what I, what was originally intended was I wanted to take out a dildo and slap him in the face with it. Um, standards and practices said no to that. Yeah. So TBS was like, "Don't do that." So we went bottle. <laughs> sugar glass, sugar glass yep. bottle. Oh yeah. And uh, it turns out some <coughs> some Pete fans did not like Nice Boy. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they thought you were, like, too... Because he was just so mean to Pete. <laughs> like, I think they would, like... Some people would come to Pete after the show and be like, I hated him! <laughs> like, uh, and then you're like, it's a bit. <laughs> He's in on the well, bed! Like, I don't like... You know, Pete has, like, a very close relationship with his fans. Like, very, like... Yeah, yeah. And it's just so... Like, his fans love him very much, and then, like, when this guy comes out, and it's just like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and they don't get that it's a bit. <laughs> I think they got that it was a bit, oh, okay. but it was still like, it's like no. too real. <laughs> no. My feelings got hurt a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they came around to it. Like, we did it a second time, and yeah. they, they came around. But, like, at the taping, I think there were some people in the audience who were just like, <laughs> There was actually one thing... I can't remember what it was, but there's a line that got cut because it was so mean that it just didn't it didn't land at all. <laughs> and, uh, Do you remember what it was? Uh, I, I don't remember. <laughs> it was it it happened right after the line. I'll cut your throat like the pig you are. <laughs> there was like one that was a step beyond that, and then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut your throat like the pig you are. To your boss. You were saying that to your boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
with his so full, awesome. With his full approval. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> oh. oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. What, uh, yeah. Okay. So you got Pete Holmes show. You got Louie. Yep. You got Mission Improbable. Got Mission Improbable. Sketch didn't, 22. Didn't get Mission Improbable. Did not get into Mission Improbable. Got Sketch 22. Well, no, Sketch... I started Sketch 22. Yeah. Because, like, so I technically didn't have to audition. Oh, yeah. Well, you got the part because you were the part. Yeah. I made the part. <laughs> Would have been horrible if I didn't get the part. <laughs> I made the part. <laughs> Guys, I want to start a sketch room. It's called Sketch 22. Okay, but you're not in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not sure we have room for you, man. <laughs> I'm starting with you guys. Yeah, that's what we wanted to talk yeah, to you build about. Yeah, fast. Um, <laughs> we don't want really any more than ten members. But... <laughs> they did good. Um, and, yeah, it's funny. Like, and then, so when we started auditioning people, like, because I had had to, uh, like, audition for so many things so many times, yeah. like, I was like, I've got... I've got tenacity. Like, that's how I proved I want to do it. And they kept saying no to me, and I kept going. And I, you know, so, like, when we would audition people, I'd be like, yeah, that guy was great. We should probably not let him in, though, just to just to make sure he really wants it. Like, no. <laughs> They're like, no, this is not this works. Like, there's one girl who, who got in who was, who was really, really funny. Uh, but I was, like, part of me was like, like and then like after she got in she was like she's like I'm so glad I got in because if not I probably never would have done comedy again I was like oh then I should kick you out <laughs> get out now <laughs> yeah. I told you to tell Nate Fernald he got turned down from every group at UMass Amherst and he kept going <laughs> he wouldn't let them sing though no. get out of here girly but if your heart's not in it <laughs> get out hmm <laughs> So, spare time you're writing? Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, as, you know, Sitcom stuff, feature stuff. Sitcom stuff, feature stuff. Dumb things Cartoon stuff. Own. Cartoon stuff. No. Claymation pot. stuff. Claymation stuff. <laughs> what if I really was hitting on these things? You're like, oh yeah, I forgot I wrote a claymation <laughs> script. Uh, yeah, and... I call my manager on my claymation projects. <laughs> She said it'd be five years to animate it all. <laughs> five years right now. <laughs> um. Um, yeah, man. What um, What are some things you have coming up? This episode is going to come out July 10th. July 10th? So I'd say by July 10th, the volume two of my mashup album should be available okay i don't know if you've heard my mashup album i have not okay well i I could preview some tracks for you of course okay so (laughs) you know you know what mashups are um uh this they you know it's where you take like two different songs that you love and you combine them together and you make like a new song so i made a mashup album it's called weak music w-e-e-k so this is uh, here's a track off volume one so Here's another track of volume one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, I'll give you one more. 
from volume one. Um, oh, here's a good one. That's volume one. That's currently out. Um, I just finished up volume two um, over the weekend, and volume two should be dropping officially. I'd say uh, once I get once I get back to New York, it'll, uh, I'll, I'll I'll do the official release for it. So I'll give you some. Ex- uh, and this is <coughs> record I'm, store day. Can people get the vinyl? Uh, ooh, I would love vinyl. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford to officially license all of these things, uh, but granted, by the time this podcast goes up, this will already be live. But as of now, this is the first time that that this this track off volume two. Oh, has volume been heard two. Yet. Okay. So here's a volume two track. Exclusive. So that's uh that's volume two. Um, you know what? I'm gonna give you one more volume two preview. Please. Find these at natefernald.com slash weekmusic. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to both volumes there. Um, also, it, for some reason, I, it doesn't work on phones yet, the website. So, oh, no. So you got to be on your, your Did desk. you make it yourself? Yeah. You, I made mine myself, yeah, you too. Be on your, your desktop or laptop it's computer. It's pretty to, janky on the phone. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I have... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, my website does not... Uh, my website looks real nice on the computer. Okay. But... But on the phone, I haven't made the mobile version of it yet. See, mine doesn't even look very nice on the computer. I got a a pretty solid website. Okay. I was I was a um, professional graphic designer for about four years. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I I I took some of those skills (laughs) to my own website. Put them on your website. Yeah. What uh, this is getting pretty inside with programming, the imitators, but. what what are some things that you have to do to make it mobile? 
I actually ready. don't know. Oh, okay. So, here's the thing. I when you were going to school for it, that wasn't a thing yet. Right. I well, oh. I didn't even I didn't even go to school for it. I taught myself how to make websites when okay. I was in high school because nice. I was cool. <laughs> um, and this was in the days where like HTML was pretty much all that existed, and like yeah. JavaScript was kind of starting to pop up a little bit. When were you in high school? Um, ninety eight. 98 to... To 2002. Yeah, same here. Um, so, like... So, I, I, I could do everything there was to do on a website back then, but I never upgraded my my uh, my technology. Like, I never learned okay. how to do anything past what I learned <laughs> when I was in high school. So, like, I can still make killer HTML websites, you know, and, like... But, when it, but CSS and XML, I don't know, like... You know, I've done okay with finding copy and paste codes and stuff that I can use, yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't even know how to how to make a mobile version. So yeah, uh, CSS is just the framework of the thing, right? I don't even know. <laughs> I took I took classes online from CodeAcademy.com. Have you heard of that one? No. Yeah, and it's free, and then. It just teaches you step by step, and it's like do something like this, and something like this will happen. And I was like, ah, I could do that for my website. <laughs> I hear it's actually like super easy. Like, it's pretty here, intuitive. Yeah, yeah. CSS is like easier than like HTML or JavaScript or whatever. So it's like, yeah, I should learn it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some stuff in it where you're like, oh, oh, that was really easy, and then there's other stuff where you're like, well, that was needlessly complicated. Yeah. <laughs> So I used, to, I used to work for a, uh, a book publisher, and I designed, like, the book covers and everything. Yeah. And I designed their website as well, but they had, like, a tech guy there who, like, did the programming website. So I was just like, here's what it looks like, and then he, like, made it happen. Okay. Uh, but then through that job, uh, whenever one of our authors wanted, like, an official homepage, I would, like, do, like, a freelance job and make their homepage for them. Yeah. But, like, I only knew HTML. So, be like, hey, can we do something where, like, this happens? I'd be like, nope. <laughs> uh, you can have a table with your information attractively laid out, uh, and that's it. I can do hyperlinks, and I can post images, uh, and give you a cool background. <laughs> um, but that... Oh, I also know how to make a MIDI file play in the background. There you go. <laughs> That's true, too. Yep, yep. But, yeah. yeah, I'm still making... I'm using the technology from 1998 to make websites. Is that so. what your site looks like? It looks like... Um, it looks nice. It, it, it's a nice-looking site. Okay. But it, like, it could have been made in 1998. Like, it's, <laughs> it's laid out nice. Like, it doesn't look like those old GeoCities webpages yeah, with, like, yeah. star backgrounds and, like, yeah. you know, like pictures of an email box on fire or whatever those yeah. gifs were smiley face smiling and spinning around yeah, and like and... like little jackhammer guys from pages under construction <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. none of that stuff like it's like you know it's a real website but it's just very simple sleek yeah you know yeah it's all you need yeah you don't need all the all the flash and all the yeah rigmarole and shigas from... <laughs> like uh, the thing i'm proud about my website will work on your computer. I don't care what kind of computer you yeah. have. If you're like, if you haven't gotten a new computer since the 90s, my website will work on your computer. And that's what, like, I, whenever I build a website for someone, I'm like, hey, I can't do these fancy things, but everyone can look at your website. Like, that's, 
that's the guarantee. That's the Nate Fernald guarantee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People without the internet can look at your You can put it on a floppy disk and they can work it. A floppy disk. But. Do you remember the giant floppy disks? Oh, yeah. Oh, playing uh, King's Quest and... Um, and that's a Jill of the Jungle guy myself. Jungle guy? Jill of the Jungle, you remember? No. Oh, that was a great game. Jill of the Jungle. Uh, so yeah. it was kind of like George of the Jungle, but Jill. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was just like, <laughs> you're just this little pixel lady runs yep. through the jungle, jumping over snakes. and. So it was kind of like Pitfall a little bit? Kind of, but like... Pre-pit, um, pre-Pitfall? Pre, I think pre-Pitfall. No. Because this would have been in like 96. That I Not pre-Pitfall. Cause when was Pitfall? That was... Uh, Atari. That was like back in the. Oh. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of like a different early, game. It's, early yeah. 80s, yeah. It's very. It's basically. Yeah. Pitfall. They were like, oh, Pitfall. Let's do that on computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, floppy disk games. Oh, I had Mortal Kombat on my computer. What? Yeah. On a floppy disk. On floppy disk. It was like the big one or the smaller, more compact. The smaller, disc? more compact ones. Okay. But there was like five of them, and you had. To, oh, I don't even remember like. You had to like put in different ones depending on what character you were doing or something like because oh, it couldn't it couldn't all the computer couldn't hold it all and like oh. <laughs> what if you were about to do a finishing move and it's like please load disc six <laughs> <laughs> finishing move disc yeah. okay. <laughs> you have taken too long <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Battle Chess was... Oh, Battle Chess, did you play that yeah, one? Yeah, I never played Battle Chess. It was awesome, because, like, it's just chess, which can be kind of boring, if depending on who you're playing or whatever, mm-hmm. but then once your player occupied a space and took over that space, you got to see the fight. Cool. Yeah, so you see the rook, like, turn into this big rock monster and, like, smash a, a pawn, like, into the ground. Awesome. Yeah, and his helmet would just be left, and then it just disappear, and he takes over the spot. Uh, yeah, I remember there was, like, you know, there was Wolfenstein and Doom, like, the first, like, first-person yeah. shooter games. Yep. And then there were just 40 of that game. Like, just, <laughs> it was the exact Duke same Nukem. Game. Duke Nukem. Yep. And there was another one. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. It was a less popular one that I'm pretty sure they just went into Wolfenstein and changed what the people in it looked like, and this put up the exact same game. <laughs> uh, and, Quake? That was another one. Not Quake. It was... Oh, I'll have to ask my friend who I used to play it with. Quake. It was, like, not one of the popular ones. Okay. It was, like, a, it was a knockoff. Like, there was a lot of knockoff <laughs> Wolfenstein games. <laughs> and it was definitely yeah. a knockoff Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein, Doom, Duke Nukem. Quake. Quake. That's all I can think of. This one, oh, it was, like, some guy's name. God, I can't remember. Duke. Nukem. His name, he nuked, he nuked things. <laughs> Not things, but people. He nuked them. He nuked all of them. Uh, I think his name was Duke. He was a Duke, I think. <clears throat> I can't remember what his name was. Mm. Yeah, what was his royalty lineage? <laughs> and then there was a um, Jewish guy named Wolf. <laughs> Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. I don't remember. <laughs> Do you play games now? Uh, a little bit. Not as much as I, I used to. Yeah. Um, uh, I was always one or two generations behind on systems. Yeah. 
Like, I got a Super Nintendo when PlayStation had been around for a while. I thought you were going to be like, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> and then I got a PlayStation when, like, PlayStation 2 was around. Yep. And then... It's cheaper. You wait and the price goes down. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. So that was the last console I got was PlayStation 1. Yeah. But now I have a Nintendo 3DS. That's okay. That's my most updated. I, I bought Handheld. a Nintendo DS, but then a friend gave... Indefinitely loaned me a 3DS. <laughs> and so that's... Whereas if she didn't do that, I would not have the 3DS. Yeah. But, so that's the most updated system I have. That's pretty cool. Um, it's got the game where you, like take the picture of yourself and then it uses you as an oh, enemy yeah. or whatever yeah yeah terrifying <laughs> <laughs> you have to uh, shoot it yourself yeah <laughs> um but i love i i have trouble with um a lot of 3d graphic like oh, like basically little... with having to control where your character is moving and control where the camera is facing Oh. I can't. I can't make those two things happen at the same time. I have to like stop and turn the camera around and then keep moving stuff. So it's like, that's why I like the DS stuff because it's like, it's kind of like Super Nintendo Play for the most part. Yeah. But because it's, uh, yeah. it's got R and L and then it's got the same buttons. Yeah. As, yeah. It's basically a Super Nintendo controller with a screen in the middle. Of it. Yeah. And so, another screen on top of it. Yep. They make these uh, Super Nintendo. It looks like a Super Nintendo controller. With the screen in the middle. And you put the game in it? Yeah, have you seen that? It has a friend of mine has <laughs> Yeah. How does it work? Does it work well? Yeah, yeah, it works. It just looks like a Game Boy, but yeah. it's Super Nintendo games. But it's also like, if you have the app, like, just put it on a TV. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just, it's like, oh, Super Nintendo's cool, but what if we shrank the picture down to a 20th the size? Yeah. It made it so only one person yeah. play instead of two, possibly four. Um, like, I wish that there was a way to hook my DS up to my TV. Like, that's all I want is to just, like, play there's DS on a TV. There could be. HDMI? Maybe it has, in, like, a micro HDMI port? I don't think it does. I don't know. I feel like with the DS, I looked Nintendo into, heads like, out there. the 3DS. <laughs> I haven't checked with the 3DS yet, so okay. maybe there'll be something there. Yeah. I would imagine there should be, because then if you're at home and then you're playing your 3ds and you're like wish i could play it on the big tv yeah then you could do you like, remember game boy had a thing like that on super nintendo oh uh super, super game boy, game boy. Yeah, super game. <laughs> me it was too great. And the whole thing was like it takes your game boy and it makes it color but it just put like a red background like you could just make like a red or a green background yeah on it. it was so bad yeah uh but that was loved, but you could play game boy on the tv so yeah it was like yeah that was before game boy color yeah and it was, yeah, it was like, yeah, put it on your TV. It'll look great. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my Super Game Boy. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, we might have ours, too. Back at the... But then if you want to trade Pokemon, you had to, like, put them in, on your Game Boy <laughs> trade. Because I didn't have a Game Boy. I had a Super Game Boy. So I would oh. buy I would buy Game Boy games and just play them. Wait, on. which one was Super Game Boy? Well, that's, that's oh yeah, the, the Super the Nintendo. Nintendo that's the only way you were able to play yeah, Boy, I never Game had Boy an games. Actual Game Boy. <laughs> so I was playing Pokemon. With, me and my friend bought Pokemon. We're like, cool, we can trade. But then I was like, oh, are you no, we can't. But luckily, he had two Game Boys. So. We <laughs> Yeah, so we could we could See, trade with his second Game Boy. You could only do it if you also had a Game Boy. Yeah. And then there there's a linking cable or something, right? Yeah, you're like a linking cable. Oh man, 
Ooh, that's going way back. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Game Boy Pocket? Oh, is that the one that folds? No, that was or... that was. I think that was the the one right after Game Boy Color. That was Advance SP, and I liked that one. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and then what there was, was the Game Boy Pocket. Pocket was it was between the um, awkward years of the green screen and color, where they were like, "We gotta do something else. We gotta do," it. and then they're like. I, don't know, I let's just make it smaller. I don't know. And black and white. Okay. We'll call it Game Boy Pocket. And then in the commercial, the guy was like, "Put it in your pocket." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I want that one, mom." <laughs> and there's a best is most time virtual boy. Yeah. <laughs> with the one eye thing with you, it was like, like a headset. Seeing the screen. That, uh, not a headset you could wear, but you like put your face into it. <laughs> yeah. So you have to just be slouched over like on a chair, <laughs> like holding your face into this like mask. Yep. You couldn't, you couldn't, <laughs> I just realized that you couldn't strap it on your head. It was on a tripod and you just had to shove your face into it and have your face shoved into it the entire time you played. That was the only system that ever said, come at me, bro. <laughs> Mono color. All red. The only game I remember from that was Wario... Something with Wario. Wario Land. Was Wario it? Land? Yeah. Okay, I know there was like Wario. That might have been the only something. game for it. <laughs> yeah. It was a very short-lived system. And it was like... Remember how you've been a good guy for a really long time? Now you're going to be Wario and just collect gold. A hunched over, shoving your face into a mask. <laughs> but don't move, for the other you can't see. <laughs> virtual boy! And, then, and all it was, it wasn't even virtual reality. Like, nope. It basically just put a second layer of graphics. So yeah. there would be like, so some things... of the trees would be in front of him. <laughs> so simple they were like let's just take animation technology and make it run behind some of these trees <laughs> <laughs> did anything happen like when you turned your head like because it was like no. a, it was like oh. a side-scrolling game so you just turn your head and just see further down the line like, <laughs> yeah. well i know because you couldn't strap your head to it so i don't know what would happen did you ever use um oculus no i don't know i haven't used I've that either used that. i want to uh they had virtual reality machines like in arcades for a oh, the little old, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were the, real bad. Where you go into the thing and then you put the helmet thing down on your head yep. and then oh, there's these two handles and you I think you had a trigger on each one. Oh, maybe yeah. and you're like shooting tanks or something. Yeah, and then well then there's one where you're like walking around shooting people, I think. Okay. They I remember playing one. Well that was just a dream you had. Could have been a dream. <laughs> All I remember is that it cost like four dollars to play it or something. Yeah, it was so expensive and not worth it. I know, and I played it, and I was like, "This is terrible." <laughs> the only thing about it was you're like, "Whoa, you can look all the way around, and there's stuff." I know. <laughs> it was really bad vector graphic stuff, but it was still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oculus is getting up there, where you're like, "Okay, this feels very real." Apparently. From what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... Doesn't it make people dizzy? It, it can. I feel like yeah. I would get dizzy. Yeah? Yeah. Have you heard of uh, the one they did for Game of Thrones? 
No. Where at Comic Con last year they had this thing where you put the put the Oculus Rift on, you put the headphones on, and they said it's so immersive. Oh, also you were going up the wall, so you're going up that shaky like elevator oh, thing up wow. the wall. Yeah, and so it's so immersive and so real feeling that you'll like teeter a little bit if you don't hold on to something. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so cool. Video games like that. Yeah. And it's all just leading up to porn. <laughs> like, video games are testing out the technology, and then once it's settled, they're just gonna make a fuckable robot. Yeah. You I'm sure you're not wrong. I'm yeah. sure you're not wrong. I'm sure there's someone at uh, Oculus headquarters that's like, how are we doing on that porn game? How can we fuck this? <laughs> Now, usually, Simmons, you fuck things up. This time, I just want you to fuck things. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Because that, yeah. that, that's definitely going to happen. Oh, absolutely. Like, 100%. And people who are buying the Oculus, I mean, maybe a small percentage are thinking of, like, I'm not even going to play it until there's sex games, and then they just buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they... Because there's already... One the, percent. Um, I'm going to say, like, there's three people like that. The, what's it call it? The, the flashlight. Yeah. Uh, or it's just a, a thing where it's like, you put a flashlight in it, and then you attach your iPad to it, <laughs> and they have, like, first-person pornography. Oh, man. So low rent. I, yeah. Uh, I know. It's so sad. <laughs> Or people acting it out in front of you, and then you're just, like, at a sex show. <laughs> and they're like, wait, this isn't a video game. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I mean, they've already got the real doll things. Yeah. So oof. if they just add a virtual component to it, we're like, <laughs> it's just, you have to put, like, a green, bright green jumpsuit on the, <laughs> on the real doll. <laughs> So it can look like a real person. <laughs> and then you put your... On top of the face. Mask on. Like, All right. Ready for sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There's going to be people who are going to do that. Oh, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> More power to them. Like, what did you it. do yesterday? Uh, I played that sex game, like, a lot. I mean, honestly, you were a laughing but it sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at the sex game. <laughs> I come every time. <laughs> I think I'm about to level up. <laughs> um, there's this game that I don't know what it's called, but my friend is playing it, and it's basically you start the game and you're on like a beach and you're naked and you have a rock that you can choose to kill people with if you want. Mm. But you basically have to, like, build a house and, like, try to protect yourself. So basically this game... Oh, seven days to die, maybe? No. So basically what happens in this game is okay. when you stop playing the game, your character just goes to sleep right there, and people can come and steal your stuff or kill you while what? you're asleep. So you have to, like, try and build a fortress or find places to hide. So when you log out of the game, like... Wow. Isn't that horrifying? Yeah. Like, like so you... When you're not playing the game, you always have to like worry about it. Like, oh, no. like it's like having a, a baby that you're always have to like check on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
It's and then like yeah, and sometimes like they'll log back into their game and they'll just open the game up and they're dead. Like someone just came what? by and just killed them while they were sleeping. It's oh like, no! So you have to like build, and there's like like you can break into houses, but it like it takes a while to do it. So it's like oh, so it's a, it takes it like a little real. It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, if you're gonna break into a house, you're gonna I mean, have to do this. And I this. was I was watching the play. I'm like, this is terrifying. <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> I see, like, it's terrifying while you're playing it and then when you leave are there zombies involved there's no zombies and it's then, just post-apocalyptic yeah like, okay yeah and then like a lot of people playing like so my friend um <laughs> was like and and if people are talking like you can like hear them talking on your headset so my friend was playing Ooh. and she was just like in her house and then she just hears these like two teenage kids outside be like yeah there's someone in there we gotta kill her and it's just like oh my what? god <laughs> like, oh no and uh that's crazy and then, so there were these, I guess there were these two teenage kids in the game that were going around and just, like, killing people in their sleep and just being trolls in this game. But that's, like, a huge part of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And then, so, her and her boyfriend went on, and they, uh, they're like, let's team up and let's find these teenagers and kill them. And they oh found, like, God. another guy who was also being fucked with by these teenagers, like, so they all band together to go find teenagers and kill them. So they found the house the teenagers were living in, and they go inside, and the teenagers had been killed, and then, like, what? someone's name had been written on the wall in blood. No! <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I know. And then they turn around, and someone else was in the house and killed all of them. What? Yeah. Oh, no! Yeah, it's horrifying. What is this? What? I don't know. What? I'll find out the name of it, and I'll text it to you. Because! It's... What? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a brilliant thing. It's so open world that it, it's like yeah, because there's so many games where they that you like, can, you're never not in the game like ever. <laughs> oh no! In your fortress, you have to build like a bunker or yeah. something. Wow. So like sometimes they'll what they'll do is I'd like, go underground. Yeah. Make a bunker down there. And the thing is, is it takes a while to build things. Yeah. Like The game kind of plays in real time a little bit. So yeah. like, what you'll do is you'll like wake up early on a Saturday and be like, okay, I'm going to spend 14 hours today just, like, building a bunker. Oh, my god! And then you have to build all day. And it's like, then you have your place that you can, like, go to sleep in when you play the, play the game another time. But, yeah. Is there a safe spot to sleep when you start? No. You're just there naked with a rock. Yeah. And, like, I mean... <laughs> At that point in the game, you don't have anything valuable, so, like, hopefully when you go... To, I mean, you can go in the woods and, like, find a place to sleep, you know, yeah. and hopefully no one finds you. Yeah. And that early in the Cover game... Cover yourself with leaves or yeah. something? <laughs> if someone finds you, at that point in the game, you don't have anything, so, yeah. like, they can kill you, but yeah. they're not going to get anything yeah, from it. Yeah, that's true. But it's, like, yeah, like, you just have to... They'll get, they'll get bloodlust out of it. Yeah. Well... So you just try and find a spot in the woods and go to sleep and hope no one happens to walk by that spot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds scary. I know. <laughs> and there's like people in real time doing playing that. Yeah. We'll say that it's called here's this the substitute title. Um, Naked and Afraid and Almost Dead. There we go. <laughs> that might be the actual title. But probably not. <laughs> Um, do you, uh, I can't remember what we said earlier, but it reminded me of D&D. Have you played D&D? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I actually, I don't play as much as I used to because most of the friends I play with live in LA now. Okay. 
uh, but I had a campaign that went for like a year and a half. Nice. And it was we played almost every weekend. Did you DM or were you? In the... I did not DM. Do you okay. know Jared Logan? Yeah. He DMs. Oh, cool. And he is fucking great at it. Awesome. Like, he he's so good, and like he, I bet he could make a a nice living hiring himself out as a DM. Like, oh. He's he's so good. He comes up with these awesome storylines. Yeah. And he like. He's very animated and like does voices and everything yeah. and like he he immerses you in this world <laughs> and it's uh yeah it's great yeah we had this campaign that he was DMing it went on for yeah probably about a year and a half what and level like, did you guys get up to we got pretty high we I can't remember what the actual level was but I remember it kind of felt like it, it was at that level where it's really where the battles just go on for a long time because yeah. you have a, you're very strong but the bad guys are strong because okay. everyone has a lot of hit points. I want to say like sixteen or something like Whoa. that. Whoa. Maybe not sixteen. It was. It was. I. I. We. I feel like we definitely got to the double. <laughs> What's the maximum level you can get to? 30, 30. Thirty. Yeah. I want to say we got into the double digits, like the low teens. Or okay. Something. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was a year and a half of playing every weekend. That's true. And then every weekend would shoot you like way up yeah and then my quick. friend who was um whose parents lived in jersey they went out of town for a weekend once so we yeah. went to and stayed at their place and just played all weekend like at yeah. their place and, um, <laughs> so yeah i, I wanted it might have been level 16 like we got really high up there that's awesome and what uh what character were you what kind of character i was an elven ranger okay um and and i was i was fucking good <laughs> i i basically made it like i gave myself all range attacks so i would be like far away i would basically be Safe. far away at the battles where no one could reach me yep. and i would just keep launching attacks and the, guy, <laughs> and, like, and the guy dming jared like hated it so much because like, he could never reach you yeah but it's like that's what i would do like yeah if you're a ranger yeah. that's what you do yeah and uh up close though oof, don't even try <laughs> i was always a uh, I would usually run a mage, so I was a wizard, um, or a warlock, but I would be, like, up in the shit and mm. casting my stuff, because <laughs> I liked, I liked melee in, like, those types of video games, Yeah. and so then when I'm like, yeah, I'll be a wizard, I'll just be, like, in the middle somewhere. So I like being a ranger, because <laughs> uh, also, like, that was the first D&D game I played with that campaign I went on for so long, so I was, like, most familiar with oh, okay. with that type of character. Yeah. So I started another game with some friends, and I wanted to be the same type of character, but it's like, oh, we already have, like, range attack. Yeah. Like, they didn't have any yeah. any tanks in the game. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'll do it. So I, I became the, like... Barbarian? The, I was um I was a dwarf. Okay. But I was, I was tough. <laughs> meaty. And... This is gonna get super nerdy, but I gotta tell you that the cool the coolest thing I've ever done yep. in a game. So yep. basically, my whole guy, uh, uh, he's his backstory. He basically came from some 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 uh, dwarven cult, and what they did is they would kill evil people, and they had like these like sort of magical blades that then claimed ownership over the soul of whatever they killed. Okay. So then when the soul would go to hell, they would have control over the soul because they wanted to take over hell. What so the fuck? Yeah. So, they, so this, like, cult of dwarves was trying to kill as many evil people as they could so they could, like, like build, build an army in hell and then take it over. 
Um, Wait, you were part of that? Those dwarves? Yeah, yeah. So my dwarf was like so, was like off on a quest and joined this other quest. <laughs> and then so like so. So at, your sword had that ability? Yeah. So Ooh. like so I would. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there was this thing we were fighting this. We were on like a boat. Yeah. And there was like a giant sort of kraken thing that mm-hmm. was off the edge of the boat. Yeah. And we were fighting this gigantic, uh, like sort of manta ray type deal yeah that also acted as a as a cloak mm-hmm. and uh and then uh everyone was about to die and this thing had like almost all its life yeah so it attacked me and it like wrapped me up and it's um uh wings or, wings whatever. or whatever yeah fins. so then what i did was i shoved my hand into its mouth <laughs> and then i jumped off the side of the boat <laughs> and then like and it was like a pretty pretty intense roll to have to roll it yeah. but like i got the roll so i got it and i jumped up and then we're falling falling into like the mouth of this kraken thing and then the dm he's like i'm gonna roll to see if this manta ray can spread its wings and fly back up and, he, and it was a high roll and then he got the roll and then i said okay i want to take my soul knife oh no then i had to make a high roll to hold on to it and not fall off yeah and then I made that Dexterity roll. Dexterity or acrobatics. Yeah. And then I <laughs> took, I was like, I'm going to take my soul knife and stick it into this thing and release all these souls into it so I can take over this, this manta ray. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you're going to have to get like an 18 to do that. And I got it. Yes. <laughs> and then I took it over. And then that was like the end of the battle. And then it was the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. Because, like, with D&D, you, re- you have very distinct and clear memories of something that never actually happened. I know. Happened. No, like, I can see it. Like, I can see myself on this boat. I can like, see it, too. You with- described <laughs> it, and I was like, that's so awesome. I just watched all that yeah. in my head. It's, uh, it's great. It's a magical game. Everyone out there should play it. D&D, it's short for Dungeons and Dragons, set, in, case, in case you just didn't. Set your imagination free. No. <laughs> set your imaginations to fun. <laughs> Fungins and I won't finish that. <laughs> um oh yeah, I haven't played D&D in a while. I I took one of my characters who was level 3 in this campaign that just stopped and I brought it into another campaign yeah. that my buddy Aldrin runs and cuz one of their players couldn't make it one week and he was like, "Would you want to like <clears throat> um, replace this person for this week or whatever like we can make up a story how you got there and then um, so the world that my friend Tyler created is called Talmoria and the world that Aldrin created is called Talgia and so the, when these people from Talgia saw me they were like who are you where are you from and I'm like I'm in Talmoria and they were like he doesn't know he's in Talgia <laughs> The, the campaign that I did that the like year and a half when I was talking about that one um, so it went on for a while then it got to the point where like I think one guy was moving and mm. and then like some of us were just kind of running out like having a harder time making it our week so we're like all right yeah. well let's let's have one big final game yeah in the campaign and then we had there was this like basically big battle in this underground palace and then we won it. But then the palace started like falling apart. Oh no! And it's like like at, you know at the bottom of the ocean or whatever, 
and then like only three of us made it to the top of the surface Ooh. and it was so sad three out of how many were uh, there was six of us oh wow yeah and then it was just like or one died in the battle and then the other two didn't make it out of it oh, no. the thing and it was just like it was so sad it was like <gasps> oh my god we get like i was genuinely sad yeah because like, you're like i went through so much with these characters I know, and and like, like all these friends of mine are still alive. They're fine. They're like, <laughs> yeah. In fact, they're, they're doing so well, they can't play D&D anymore. <laughs> uh, but it was like, or was it only two of us? That no, it was it three. To the top? You three. were one of the top? I was one of them who made it to the top. And mm-hmm. it was just like, I had So that character's this, still alive. He's still alive. And mm-hmm. I, you know, Jared might still have the character sheets. So oh. Yes. I'd love to bring him back. Just, just, just on my, just by myself. <laughs> just to catch just up. Just take episode. a day. Just have him go walking around, and you know. <laughs> a catch up episode. I want to see what he's up to. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Six oh. campaigns in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Dude, D and D is so good. It's great. Um. Yeah. What, so, do you want to plug stuff? I feel like this has been a great yeah, episode. Yeah, it's been blessed. Yeah. Um, well, I guess... It, okay, I got two things to plug. You said NateFernald.com. NateFernald.com. NateFernald.com slash Week Music is my mashup album. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm part of a comedy duo called Team Submarine. We have two albums out. Um, our newest one is called Glass Matthew. We're real proud of it. <laughs> uh, you can get it wherever MP3s are sold. Uh, but the best deal sold or streamed but buy it don't stream it right yeah be cool yeah uh, <laughs> but the best deal is if you go to our website teamsubmarine.net and buy a physical copy of the CD we you get a bonus EP ooh and you get also a free physical copy of our first album so it's like nice seven or eight bucks and you get two two CDs and a digital EP yeah and like fun stuff in the mail like t-shirts and belts not t-shirts and belts (laughs) can't be there promise but like buys and stickers trading cards blankets guys if you buy our album it is you're gonna get a nice fun package in the mail (laughs) it's gonna be worth it please buy them i have boxes of them in my very small new york apartment i gotta get them out of there um and then the other thing i gotta plug is spider-man tweet um, yeah, I latched onto that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. It's got a little bit of a backstory. My friend Jim Van Blaricum posted an article on Facebook about how they're relaunching the Spider-Man franchise. I commented on Facebook on that post and said, "More like re Peter Parker." Okay, good joke. Doug has left the room. I don't know what I just did to him. <laughs> but he has left the room. And it's then so good. It got a few, <sighs> as a joke like that does, it got a few likes on the Facebook comment. So I said, hey, let's see if we can take this to the next level. And I said, guys, if this comment gets 10 likes on it, I'm going to turn it into a tweet of its own. Mm-hmm. Blew past 10 likes. <laughs> made it a tweet. Then we added some stretch goals to the campaign. If we could get 20 likes on the on the comments, um, my buddy Zach Broussard, very funny comedian, was going to retweet the tweet to his his 5,000 Twitter followers. Yep. 
If we got 75 likes on the mm -hmm. comment, then uh, last week tonight writer Josh Gobelman mm -hmm. was going to retweet it to his like 20,000 followers. <laughs> we made those goals. <laughs> 75 people clicked like on this Facebook comment of mine. They all retweeted the tweet. Yep. Then Saturday Night Live's Vanessa Bayer got on board. She said, <laughs> "If if this tweet can get, if this Facebook comment can get a hundred likes on it, I will retweet it." <laughs> we got a hundred. She retweeted it. We kept getting more likes. Then uh, Alice Wetterland from Silicon Valley yep. and Girl Code. She said, "Hey, if this thing gets two hundred likes, I'll retweet it." The Facebook comment got two hundred <laughs> likes. She retweeted it. And then most recently, the biggest news, uh, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, of, of also of Silicon Valley, and, you know, stand-up comedy, yep. he said if, if it gets to 250 likes, he would retweet it to his, like, 300,000 followers. Yeah. We got to 250 yes. likes. He retweeted it. <laughs> and he also said that if, it get, if the Facebook comment gets... 1,000 likes, he will get the entire cast of Silicon Valley to retweet the tweet that was based off the Facebook comment. So the Facebook comment is currently somewhere in the 300s. We have less than 700 more likes to go. I think we can do it. Go to natefernal.com slash Spider-Man tweet. You can read all about it. You can find the link to the comment. Click like on the comment. We got to get to 1,000. Uh, this is a race to 1,000. I think we can do it. So, uh, all you listeners out there, natefernal.com slash Spider-Man tweet, find the comment, like the comment on my friend Jim Van Blair comes Facebook post that yep. I left, yep. and, uh, and, and big things are going to happen with this tweet. So, yeah. I think so. I think it could get its own web series, maybe its own TV show, uh, reality there's, show. There's a lot in the cards for this tweet. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's, it's going to go on for a long time. <laughs> things are going to happen with this tweet. But first we need to get to a thousand likes. It's and once get... we can get to a thousand likes, then that's when it's all really going to start. It's so. going to get retweeted the world over. Yeah. It already has been, I'm sure. It's had a lot of retweets. You know, I wish the, I wish that people were also liking the comment on Facebook. A lot of people just go straight to retweeting it, but it's like, I need you to like the Facebook comment first because that's... That's what it's all about, getting likes on the Facebook comments. That's the goal. So. To get a thousand. Yeah. Do you have anything after a thousand? Once, once we reach a thousand, then we'll see. You know, <laughs> we'll see who we can get on board. I have some thoughts. Um, I'm thinking some mega celebs might want to get, yep. get in on this. Yep. So. <laughs> you already got that Louie connection. Yep. Well, hey, first we got to get to a thousand. Before I can promise anything... We gotta get to a thousand, so folks, <laughs> folks, listeners out there. Is he on Twitter? I don't think he is. No, I don't think he is. Yeah. No. <laughs> His show has a Twitter account. Yeah. But, um, but hey, you know, maybe. But back he to Spider-Man tweet. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Well, you guys like like the comments. Uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of it's important stuff. You can be part of history. So. Spider-Man tweet. Spider-Man tweet. Do it. On Facebook, too. <laughs> like it on Facebook, retweet the tweet. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp and Nate Fernald. Yep.